0: And I'm Chris and this
1: is Eggs and Espionage the origins of James Bond.
0: Ready and for the finale for the dramatic conclusion.
1: I will say like as compared to Casino he really like saves the suspense for the end here.
0: Oh, he pushes it right along. There's no um, long um, post-climax, like, right. receding action. I mean, he he pushes the climax, like, yeah, the last... right up to the last chapter, and then the falling action all falls in the last chapter. He doesn't stretch it out with any, like, post-plot yeah. drama. Chapter 21. Good night to you both. Mr. Big leads Bond up rough-hewn stairs out of the cave, passing the remains of his treasure packaging operation. Bond estimates the remaining treasure is worth $70 million. Mr. Big escorts Bond into a room filled with rusty shackles, where he reintroduces him to Solitaire. She doesn't look good, but then again, neither does he. He puts on a brave face anyway, Mr. Big has them tied up tightly because he has some monologuing to do. You were the best they sent against me, Mr. Big admits. It's been pretty annoying, I have to say. And now you have to die. I once promised that if you crossed me, you'd die in the most befitting way I could think of on that day. Well, today what I can think of is tying you in solitaire behind my yacht, Dragging you across the razor-sharp coral reef until you're bloody shreds. And letting the sharks finish you. It's the only way I can restore my image. You understand. Bond, however, doesn't understand. And makes what seem to be very idle threats towards the big man. Who's unperturbed and leaves the two to ponder over their coming demise. Didn't underline a ton, but
1: I love this chapter because it's... Literally just Mr. Big's monologue about how he's gonna kill Bond in solitary. Mm. Devoted a whole chapter just to the monologue.
0: <laughs> it's like this is like the heart of the crime. Yeah. So I mean, like right in the beginning, there's a sentence that just sums it up so beautifully. This is what the crime comes down to. Here, a single Negro with an acetylene light beside him was fitting trays full of gold coin into the center of fish tanks scores of which were stacked against the wall just you know i you know i hate the word negro but you know the the imagery of just this one lone member of the criminal organizations just sitting there and like we just came out of the cave full of like naked guys but like that's like the heart of their like criminal enterprise it's this one dude alone in a room with an acetylene torch just filling fish tanks with gold i see what you mean um, it's like it's not a major operation it's just one dude with a lamp I know, but it is a major operation because then Bond, like, sees how much gold and how many jewels and stuff are going in. That's, and yeah. he estimates the value of the treasure at 4 million sterling, which I calculated at $70 million of today's money. Not too shabby. For That's just for what he saw. That's right. not even what Mr. Big's been moving out of there consistently. God knows. I love that he can size that up, too, just by sight. Bond gets moved up, and he's getting moved along, like, the, um, the line of you know, treasure dispersal. Um, And then they get brought into this room that's described as a long, narrow passage of a room with rusty shackles low down in the walls at less than yard intervals. Mm -hmm. They get brought into this room that's clearly a room that was used to imprison people. the slave trade, yeah. Right. And, you know, this bloody Morgan's slave room. And the black men shackle up the white men. And you have... This is where I'm coming at from this, like... Idea that like he was trying to titillate the audience because it's almost a reconciling with slavery, mm-hmm. and like there's all kinds of stuff like Bonsie's solitaire, they like rush to each other, they're pulled apart, like get slap, get the fuck off, you know, like this brutality around humanity that's being applied to a white man. I would assume a middle class British reader of the fifties would find like shocking Well, this doesn't happen to white men We're the we're the colonizers, you know like, but I like the ways he does describe solitaire
1: her her face was grimy and tears had made streaks down her pale skin. She had no makeup, she wore a dirty linen suit and sandals, she looked thin like
0: yeah she had no makeup seems funny to think right <laughs> and she looked thin you last you saw her a week ago, they must be starving her pretty hard if she looks thin after a week mm-. But what, what, what is like gross? And this comes up again and again. Is the fact that she refers to him as as my darling. There's this like deep intimacy that it's like you guys rode a train together for That's a day. It. Yeah. Then then Bond ditched you right. to go hang out with his buddy and drink <laughs> and like literally to go get into some trouble down by the docks like. Even I though you were like,
1: uh, you shouldn't leave me. And he's like, nah, it's cool, baby.
0: <laughs> it's cool. We just gotta drink some drinks. So we'll go down by the docks. So we'll get some shit with the robbery. Don't worry about it's it. It's one night. Fun. It's one night. What's gonna happen? So anyway, there's this ridiculous relationship happening. And of course, it's a stress relationship. It is definitely not without, you know, its its precedent. I mean,
1: what relationship
0: doesn't have its its
1: issues, right? But anyway, I like it. Uh, so the big man's had enough of this, you know, reconciliation just tie them up. I have things to say to them. I love it. He like announces his monologue.
0: We we probably said this before, and I'll probably say this every season at some point, because Ian Fleming invented the monologue, and it's an amazing yeah. thing. In the Incredibles, the monologue is like it's like a fixture. It's like the cape. You know, they like talk about like monologuing as a way for a villain to like get caught off guard. I don't know. It's just a, it's impressive when you go back to the original source, and you're like this is where the idea of a villain's monologue came from. Right. Like, we all know it, but this is it. And Mr. Big does it better. He definitely any, does. He does it better than any of them. We'll get to it. But there is this part, like, if this guy's just been troubled, just, like, just shoot
1: him. <laughs> I mean. No, but he can't, and he gets to I mean, to I got a gun in my bed right now. <laughs> I can go get it. We could shoot him
0: together. <laughs> <sighs> It was only a man of the same species as himself. Yeah. A big man with a brilliant brain, but still a man who walked and defecated a mortal man with a diseased heart.
1: But Mr. Big gives Bond some props here. He says, You are the best of those that have been sent against me in a quiet, flat voice.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And he starts to tell him basically that, you know, it's very convenient that both you and Solitaire are here because now I can kind of kill you together, which is pretty sweet for me. We're going to leave... Basically in about uh, two and a half hours' time. It's six o'clock, give or take, a few minutes. And Bond, never one to miss on a really terrible joke, says, let's give those minutes. I enjoy my life. Right on, Bond. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) There have already appeared great athletes, great musicians, great writers, great
0: doctors, and scientists. It's like a straight-up repeat of what they said earlier. Yeah. And then mr. Big continues that and he says, you know, it's unfortunate for you that you encountered the first great black criminal of all time. Yeah, but anyway, so he, he monologues the shit out of it. it's great monologue. Yeah. We're not gonna read the whole thing. Well no, but then he describes the slow
1: and painful method that he's gonna kill them. So But I, that's
0: that is a motif right there. It's uh-huh. like yeah. get bonded lock him up, monologue it, describe the kill and, like, and it's pretty cool, actually, is to let someone stew on the way you're going to kill him if you're going to kill him in something as brutal as he describes. I mean, how many guys you know die like this? It's pretty cool, right?
1: <laughs> basically, he describes he's got this paravane. Fortunately for us readers, Fleming assumes we didn't know what that was either. So Mr. Big basically Finally. mansplains what a paravane is.
0: In text definitions. Yeah. my favorite
1: <laughs> uh, and he's just gonna like rope him to this paravane, tow him across the reef till they get all bloody and scratched up and then let the sharks and barracuda at him, this guy really likes killing people with sharks and barracuda
0: yeah but it's for science It's for sci- you understand, it's for science Mr. Bond, it's Solitaire, I hate you. you, you cheated on me but Mr. Bond, you understand, science
1: it's everything, yeah, he says I killed two necessary people Check one. There's no evidence. Check number two. Superstition is satisfied. So all the people that think I'm the baron They're going to be happy. Uh, My followers, people that are on my team, they're going to be happy. Check four. And bodies get used for scientific research. Check number five. That's a bonus check. That's the bonus check.
0: I mean, you don't get science built into every kill. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. All right. Yeah, so anyway, their bodies are going to be used for scientific research, unless the bomb goes off first. Chapter 22, Terror by Sea. As the morning light starts to seep in, Bond and Solitaire are roughly dragged from their cell. Mr. Big and his entourage are leaving the island for the last time and taking everything with them. During the night, Bond had explained everything to Solitaire. The way he figured it, they had a very small chance of surviving. It all depends on exactly when Mr. Big leaves and how far behind the boat they're towed. Mr. Big has them bound together, then tied off to the boat and stood on the dock. As the boat pulls away, the coil of rope next to them springs to life. Mr. Big watches idly from the back of the boat as Bond and Solitaire wait to be tugged into the sea. As the rope goes taut, they're both yanked brutally off the jetty and dragged underwater for a spell. They resurface and struggle to keep their heads afloat as the cicada makes its way through the reef. Bond can see the razor-sharp coral approaching. Fifty yards, forty, thirty, twenty, ten. KABOOM! the cicada explodes bond and solitaire scramble up onto a nearby coral where they can see mr big being eaten by a leopard shark not long after quarrel arrives in a dugout canoe
1: i have to say this is probably one of the more harrowing chapters
0: in the bond novels just to reiterate the whole pl- the whole Mr. Big plan is beautiful in that he's going to literally drag them from behind his boat yeah. over the coral reef and tear their bodies to shreds mm-hmm. so that they're bleeding profusely and then he's going to continue to drag them from the boat that's literally it's described as built for speed <laughs> um and he's going to see what sharks and other like sea predators can grab at their bleeding mangled still living bodies and tear them to shreds like Mm -hmm. that's a gruesome way to die science for science (laughs) it's like dr mangala in here yeah but but that's
1: basically the chapter so yeah it starts out by they they wake bond and solitaire get a little bit of sleep while they're shackled Mm -hmm. they get woken up bond looks outside and surmises it's gotta be somewhere between four thirty and five thirty in the morning.
0: Right, they could walk down to the docks where they they get to watch everything happening, right? And like Bond does a little like he does a little reflecting on the night and like as soon as everyone left him behind he like filled in solitaire and what the plan was and what was happening. Um just, you know, so she wouldn't like delay anything. The big fear is that like there would be a delay in their departure because then the ship will blow up and Mr. Big will just be like oh well I can't murder you by sea and just walk in and shoot them in the head and (laughs) go about his day Yeah, and what was interesting in his reflection before they're tied up to the power van and dragged into the sea is he decides and I quote if they were still alive when the first sharks fin showed on the surface behind them Bond had coldly decided to drown Solitaire And then he describes how he would drown her in this situation. And I thought it was a lovely bit of chivalry.
1: But then he Um, surmises that, above all, they must stay alive to the last possible second.
0: So he shared all his hopes with Solitaire. He shared none of his fears with Solitaire because she might freak out too much. Um, And then she had lain opposite him, and I quote, Her tired blue eyes fixed on him, obedient, trusting, Drinking in his face, his words, pliant, loving. I was just disgusted by that language. <laughs> <laughs> she's, like a, she's like a cocker spaniel puppy. <laughs> On
1: that note, they get tied up. Uh, she turns to Bond and says, you know, don't worry about me, darling. I'm happy to just to be with you again. And don't you love me a little? Yes, said Bond, and we shall have our love. It's like, again... And we shall have our love! (laughs) He spent an evening out of trade. So the Undertaker's wind sort of ceases, and, like, there's this new wind, and Bond Mm -hmm. thinks, is that the Doctor's wind? Was it an omen? I'm like, and I wrote, doesn't it happen daily?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it happens every day. But, like, there's good juju in it, so he's, he's good with that. And then, of course... Because what would this book be if they didn't strip Solitaire naked to tie her up to the power and they just strip her down? They're like, get this girl naked. tie him to bond. They're not going to strip Bond naked. Um, well, he's already pretty much naked except his trunks, maybe. Like cause he was, was in the he frog suit. Trunks? He was in for that sure. dry suit. One thing we know for sure is Solitaire is naked now. Solitaire is naked. They they use some of her clothes. She stood pale and naked. I can see it on the page in front of me. Like he yeah. makes sure it's like said multiple times. Right.
1: They use some of her clothes to bandage up Bond because they didn't want him bleeding too soon. I know. So their naked, presumably naked bodies, press up against each other, and she right, says... Right, they
0: tie him face to face. Yeah. But Bond is, like, like deep in thought. He's other. not even
1: noticing that her, her bare chest is now against him. She says, I didn't want it to be like this, she whispered tremulously. Not many people do, solitaire. <laughs>
0: Yeah, gonna go Come, on, out come out back later. to me when you have a novel thought. Nobody wants to be <laughs> eaten by sharks after being ripped over Nobody's a freaking like, hey, reef,
1: baby. I did want you to see me naked but not tied up in the moments before our inevitable death. Oh, <laughs>
0: shit. No, that's true. That's exactly what it is. She's like a little kid still. She's probably only 18 or 19 years old. All right. And so, like, in that moment when she says, yeah... I didn't want it to be like this, like, to be forcibly shoved naked against this man that you, like, you, like, really have grown to respect and care and, like, you hope can help you and, like, you want to help you because that's really, that's rough. That's sad. That's sad, Chris. I didn't see it that way. Wow i was just Should we ended there bond hardly <laughs> feeling her body and he was just like i'm not even listening right now I'm yeah just on my stopwatch my role he's like i felt it's your still...
1: breast but i can't feel anything else i'm just he counting he seconds a
0: gentleman. he's a gentleman no this is what's so funny like i underline both these lines quote bond felt solitaire soft breasts pressed against him and then literally three lines later he hardly felt her body <laughs> <laughs> I can't even pick up on that <laughs> It's like it's like four that's like the fourth sentence after <laughs> after he felt her press against it. he hardly felt her but because he was counting the seconds that like, got like, past he was, the end all he was all timer based on that one, but like not when her breasts came into play like he felt that <laughs> but then he like, didn't feel it anymore
1: So he does we, we miss that part so he, he gets a glance at Mr. Big's watch and learns that it's like five minutes to six. So he starts counting seconds in his head, thinking that the mind's gonna go off right at six o'clock.
0: I mean, here's the thing, like, spoiler alert. But we all know that he's not gonna die. Obviously, we right. freaking there'd be no more we're Bond like, models. Generations into Bond, he's not gonna die. So we know exactly what happens. Um, but it's but still like it's still it's still a nice setup. And as we we're reading it, when people read this for the first time, they weren't like james bond is a freaking multinational movie franchise he was nothing right and terror by sea he was a pulp fiction character
1: but they really drag it out you know he's like bond's like counting both the seconds he's like shit it's got to be six o'clock they're being dragged he talks about the speed the water lapping he has to dunk her under so he can kind of see what's going on and then bring her back up for air and then he's like counting the yards from the reef he's like or sixty yards, fifty yards, thirty yards, and then finally,
0: Kugel's- yeah, the biggest explosion oh, I do, like, we can describe. Just before that, <laughs> oh, you can't go back from that. No, no, I just I have this to. Explosion sound. So the ship blows up. It says they stop. Well, here's the here's the dilemma. This is like the tragic irony of it, right? Like, and he survives, of course. But you know, the ship blows up. He's one. You know, they're no longer being dragged towards the coral, but then the weight of the rope they're tied to starts to pull them underwater. Right. And threatens to drown them. Oh, but so, so he's so... got to,
1: like, grab onto some coral to keep from... Yeah, yeah but okay.
0: they're they're all tied up around, you know, each other, and Solitaire's passed out. Yeah, like, she's, she's out cold. And he gets all cut up and stuff. Oh, like... yeah, he gets, he gets pretty brutally... Right. But like everything that's gonna cut him up, he's like, Well, I'm not gonna drown if I step on those sea spines. Right. (laughs) So that's gonna just I'm just gonna stick to the sea spines, right? Like so he yeah, he gets in there and he keeps him up.
1: Yeah, so he's cut up, stuck on sea spines, finally gets his head above water, and just watches the aftermath of the boat that's disappeared. Arms flaying and being pulled down by all the animals, and then of course somehow Mr Big's head. <laughs> he sees swimming towards him, breaststroking like a madman. Bond says he can hear his diseased heart right thumping.
0: It's so much fun. Like and so satisfying at the end of the novel to like watch everyone die. But Ian Fleming does run into like a real dilemma here, which is like realistically this is impossible. The scene is impossible. Right. Because if you're swimming you, you, you don't see that far ahead of you when your face is in the water to describe in this much detail, how many people are being eaten and like everything that's yeah. happening in the wake of the wreck. It's like he's 10 feet above the water. Right. Cause he says like, it's too
1: shallow basically for the sharks to come get him, but he's still clearly in the water. So my, my impression was that he's able to stand with his head above water, you know?
0: Yeah, I. Oh, that could be, that could be. I mean, they're in the reef. I just feel like it'd be hard to see with the, you know, half-dead girl tied to you. Yeah.
1: But he sees but his anyway. bald head coming at him and then screams and he lifts his uh, something, bit his arm off. And then slowly but surely the animals start to just take their hold on Mr. Big until, like, <laughs> the severed head, right, I guess, pops up to the water. And then a shark just comes and, like, crunches the head and brings it down it's like it's a pretty gruesome
0: (laughs) gruesome it's pretty gruesome it's very satisfyingly gruesome the last time we spoke i felt like i wasn't representing the natural world well as we spoke about this stuff um i felt like i was letting down the animals is ian fleming selling us a load of shit and it turns out yes he is mr big is murdered by a quote leopard shark the leopard shark And so I looked up a leopard shark, and a leopard shark does exist. They're quite beautiful, actually. They have these really cool patterns on them. But at maximum, they're five feet long. So they never become huge. And on top of that, they are not known to attack people ever because they just eat crabs and little things because they are a quite small shark, and they only exist on the Pacific. Hmm. Definitely... There was not a leopard shark eating him in Jamaica.
1: Editor missed um, that one.
0: At this time, it turns out he didn't have a real quarrel that he was talking to. He just made that character up along with his natural insights.
1: Thank you, Ian.
0: Got away with it too. Son of a bitch. Now,
1: now we can we can publish this episode with pride I'm and respectability.
0: <laughs> I'm saying. Um, and now, please finish out.
1: So finally, after all this chaos, he looks up and there's a guy in a canoe with a brown gleaming chest. (laughs) Quarrel! Towering above the slim. He really likes quarrel. I mean, really likes quarrel.
0: (laughs) And we're going to come back to that as we talk about the next chapter. Brown (laughs) gleaming
1: chest. He's just like, oh, here's my man.
0: My mahogany-faced man.
1: Oh, he's coming to get me. And Bond cries the first tears he's ever had since childhood.
0: It was about seeing Quarrel. Ah, fair enough. That brown gleaming chest. That brown gleaming chest. He thought he was going to die. And then he turned around and he saw his, his savior. Sexy manservant. Chapter 23. Passionate leave. Solitaire brings strong martinis out to Bond, who is reflecting on the end of their adventure while sitting on the sunny veranda. After being retrieved by Quarrel and brought back to Bow Desert, Bond had nursed Solitaire. Then, Quarrel had nursed Bond. They learned that everyone on the cicada had died. As a reward for a job well done, Bond had secured two weeks vacation with Quarrel as personal caregiver and cook. Quarrel is preparing a feast, but first, Bond and Solitaire have some business to attend to. Puts it right in the
1: chapter title: Passionate Leave. Bing, 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 Sex Vacation.
0: That is literally. <laughs> I wrote that in my so book. Did I. I circled <laughs> the name of the chapter and wrote "Sex Vacation" I under did the it. Same
1: thing. I wrote "I.E. Sex Vacation." <laughs>
0: That's so funny because apparently sex vacations are something the Secret Service. This endorses. is apparently
1: you talked about the what do you call it? The arc
0: of the Bond novel. Clearly sex vacations are part of it. Yeah, that's a motif, right? Like doing the villain and then have a glimpse of your sex vacation before we can like leave. Well, like yeah, the last novel they kinda hid the fact that it was a
1: sex vacation. Right, they didn't come around and say it, but here he is just right in the chapter title. I I love the way it starts so elegant. Like dangling emerald pendants, the two hummingbirds were making their last rounds of the hibiscus, and a mockingbird had started on its evening song, sweeter than a nightingale's, from the summit of a bush of a night-scented jasmine. Oh, Fleming.
0: You know, as an English colonist, he's just, like, enjoying the... the, Without laboring, he's just enjoying the fruits of yeah. jamaica like what is best about this place and so he's so in tune with this like natural splendor but if you ask him what sharks are in the bay the fucking leopard sharks are you kidding <laughs> me
1: <laughs> but it's also i mean you totally get the opening here right i mean he's just been through a very harrowing experience right and now we flash forward probably only a few hours right Man, maybe six hours seven hours And he's just sitting here watching these hummingbirds. I mean, what a different experience. But he paints the scene with, you know, smell of peat smoke that came from cassava being roasted. And then solitaire comes out probably very much with a slow slow motion shaking of the hips, carrying a tray of cocktail shakers and two glasses and says, I hope I made it right. Six to one sounds terribly strong. (laughs) Yeah. That is strong. She says, I never made vodka martinis before, which we talked about in our last thing. Like, he's full-blown vodka now. No more mostly gin with a splash of vodka.
0: Mm-hmm. I've never had vodka martinis before. I mean... That's
1: a lot of vodka in one one serving.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. But she does pour herself half a glass. She's
1: smart. To his She's a smart glass. One. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because she's freaking 19 years old, and this freaking full-blown alcoholic is, like, trying to tell her how to drink. She finds some lipstick,
1: she gets it put on, and she's embarrassed that she had to make up her eyebrows with an HB pencil. My God. I couldn't do anything with the rest of it, and he's like, dude, you're fine. You just got almost destroyed by a reef, <laughs> and even by sharks, wasn't really concerned about your lipstick.
0: Nope. But I did find it super touching, right? Like, because that's the setup for the chapter. That's what's happening. And then, as often happens in Fleming's chapters, Bond digresses back into himself and starts to reflect. And so Fleming sets it up. This is what's happening in the moment. And then James yeah. Bond flashback. thinks back. Yeah, flashback. What happened? And it's so sweet, though. Quarrel picks them up in the canoe and brings them back to labue the... Um, colonial mansion that they had across the bay and bond like literally carries carries solitaire like from the canoe yeah up to like his bedroom and he like which he's got to be the like,
1: pumped up on adrenaline because he's like terribly cut up at this point
0: oh god he's he's a mess and he cleans her up he like bathes her And he doesn't go to the hospital for his, like, barracuda bites. (laughs) You know, they, like, ripped a chunk out of his shoulder, and he, like, doesn't go to the hospital until after he's, like, put solitaire into his bed. Well,
1: Um, but then after he gets her into bed, gets her to sleep, Strangways gives Bond a bath.
0: (laughs) Oh, I missed that.
1: Then he got into the bath, and Strangways soaked him down and almost bathed his body in myrthiolate. He was raw and bleeding. I mean, talk about... I didn't know Strangways is in on this. I thought Quarrel would be the one bathing him down, if anything.
0: Shit, you're right. The whole the whole time this has happened, I've had a picture of a literal, like, chunk out of this yeah. dude's arm. Like, I'm talking, like, a, like a golf ball. I mean, how did like, you not pass out? out of this dude's fucking arm. Yeah, no, because he's a badass. I mean, like, you know, I talk shit all the time about this, but, like... He, Fleming was writing a badass. Like he's gonna not gonna pass out from that, cause he's friggin' badass. Yeah. And then Quarrel drives
1: him to the hospital, but before he does, Bond's got to get some breakfast in. So he has a Lucullian? I gotta look that L- up.
0: Yeah, Lucullian. I Lucullian
1: breakfast and a blessed first cigarette.
0: <laughs> oh God!
1: Thank God. Hasn't <laughs> smoked in like a week in frickin' hell. After what you've gone through, smoke him if you got him, Bond.
0: Falls asleep in the car because he's probably like. At this point. I mean, it's just I don't know, severe been bathing exhaustion. him a lot. But he comes back. That's what I love. I mean, everyone in Jamaica is talking about what happened. Literally, a boat just exploded <laughs> out of nowhere, in right? Like bang. that's gonna get everybody's attention. So Bond comes back and he gets his well, message from the boss, who grants they, him.
1: They did send a doctor to see Solitaire. Um, but apparently she was more concerned with getting some clothes and the, quote, right shade of lipstick. Very important. Hell yeah. And then he gets his telegram. Do you want to, should we read the whole telegram?
0: Presume you have filed a claim to treasure in your name, behalf, Universal Export. Stop. Proceed immediately with salvage. Stop. Have engaged counsel to press our rights with treasury and colonial office. Stop. Meanwhile, very well done. Stop. Fortnite's it's passionate leave granted. And End it. Yeah, which I don't understand half that. Well, I guess here's the thing with treasure finds is that you can claim them. Uh, you say, like, I found a treasure. Like, this treasure is mine. And then the government says, yes, you found a treasure, and we will take a lot of it, but you get
1: to keep some that. of it.
0: They're going to give them, like, 1%, right? And it's going to be like, a million dollars. It's yeah. gonna be like a million dollars. Whatever whatever he gets out of it. Like if it's one percent it's like a million dollars. That's that's um, what you
1: call a fringe benefit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? So Strangways and like they the guys tell him they're like, Yeah, we we filed for you. Like don't worry, you have a claim on this treasure. Um, but that's you ridiculous. know, the British government will take most of it. Oh, the American government's gonna come in and claim make a claim on it. So we're gonna be we're gonna be caught up in bullshit for years in the meantime you get two
1: nights of passionate leave two week I meant a
0: fortnight yeah
1: so you get two weeks sex vacation
0: here's the problem with this this entire end this is where it doesn't connect with the stereotype of James Bond he doesn't actually have sex with her and if you remember Solitaire like wanted to have sex with him and he was like oh sweetie I want to I want to I want to do nasty things to you, but my pinky's broken. Now he's like been bashed up and dragged across reefs and like, has got chunks missing out of him. And now it's over and he sat in the sunshine
1: among the flowers with his prize at his feet. Um, Solitaire notes, poor Quarrel. And she's like, he borrowed the best cook in the village and ransacked the markets to surprise us. So they're gonna have for this meal, some black crabs first of the season. I uh, found a roasting a pitiful little suckling pig, making avocado pear salad, and we're going to finish up with guavas and coconut cream. And Commander Strangways has left a case of the best champagne in Jamaica. My mouth is watering already. And Bond's like, that dude, Quarrel, he's coming with us on our passionate holiday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he does. Hope you he like does. a menage he a trois, it, baby.
1: Cause...
0: He says it exactly like that.
1: He says, he's coming with us. We're gonna have this awesome house on stilts. Still gonna be palm trees, five miles of golden sand. Uh, you're gonna have to look after me very well because I kinda can't make love to you with only one arm. Quarrel's coming
0: with us. <laughs> Quarrel's coming with, he's gonna be my second arm. <laughs> Yeah, Quarrel, he's grab her butt. He's going to
1: hand Yeah,
0: job, Quarrel, slap that ass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then Solitaire just ends the book with, well, what about my back? Which I don't understand.
0: I didn't understand that either. And you'll have to look after me very well because I shan't be able to make love with only one arm. There was open sensuality in Solitaire's eyes as she looked at him. She smiled innocently. What, what about, about my back, she said. I don't get it.
1: But I imagine the next line out of Bond would have been, well, that's why we're bringing Car- Quarrel. Yeah.
0: I already said he's coming with he's us. He's got to,
1: he, you got to see what this guy does with coconut oil. That's all I'm saying.
0: Look, we're bringing <laughs> Quarrel because he's bisexual. Yeah. He's going to fuck us both like a fucking pro.
1: This dude, yeah, he doesn't just cook, are, all right? Are you he's you kidding uh, me? He's He's a a cook in the bedroom and a whore in the kitchen, you know? (laughs) Eggs and Espionage is mixed, edited, and contagiously produced by Flashback Productions. Music in this episode is by Emotional Treason. We want to thank you for joining Ian and I as we explored Ian Fleming's Live and Let Die, the second novel in his James Bond series. We'll be taking a short break, but come back with Season 3 to review the next in the series, Moonraker. With a big sigh of relief, we have Bond back in England and dealing with good old-fashioned Cold War antics, complete with high-stakes gambling, rockets, and potentially crippling global economic plans. So stay tuned for more Eggs and Espionage, The Origins of James Bond.